0: Hello, folks. Welcome to the 2020 season and a new edition of the Road to Indy Insider Podcast. My name is Rob Howden, the voice of the Road to Indy, presented by Cooper Tires. And I'll be doing this particular podcast actually from the hotel here in St. Petersburg, Florida. Uh, The brand new Grand Prix of St. Petersburg kicking off the 2020 season. Indy Lights, Indy Pro 2000 and USF 2000. All those categories filled up and ready to rock for a brand new season of competition had a chance to talk with Steve Whitting a couple of months ago where we kind of broke things down of where we stood in terms of the drivers that were signed at that point. Well, we're a couple of days away, actually a day away from firing things up. The uh, USF 2000 and Indy Pro 2000 drivers will be on track significantly tomorrow on Thursday. Uh, so really right now, we know who's going to be here. We know the numbers that we have lined up. So this podcast is really just an opportunity to fill everybody in on who's in what seats for this weekend. There was uh, at least one last-minute substitution that we'll talk about when we get into the Indy Pro 2000 category. But we'll talk about the drivers who are aware. We'll talk a little bit about uh, who looked good at the test uh, that happened at, at Homestead Miami Speedway last week in the uh, official spring training test. And we'll I'll give kind of my thoughts on who I think is going to be quick uh, moving into this uh, first round of the season. One thing I, I do always talk about is the fact that Success at the opening round here at St. Petersburg has not always equated to a championship down the line. Obviously, last year in Indy Pro 2000, perfect example. Parker Thompson dominated the weekend with a couple of wins uh, for Able Motorsports, then struggled a bit in the next couple of races. And Kyle Kirkwood, of course, able to then outrun Rasmus Lindt at the end of the season to grab that championship and move to Indy Lights. Always exciting racing, though. The Grand Prix of St. Petersburg, probably not the best venue to start off the road to Indy uh, presented by Cooper Tires simply because the fact that it's fraught with peril uh, around every corner of the concrete canyon is another one of those cement walls. And it's uh, it's one of those tracks where, you know, we're starting the season off. Our drivers are, I, mean, I don't want to say rusty, but, you know, they, they're not in full form. Some of them are, of course rookies whether it's a USF 2000 or whatever new series they've graduated up to and when you're a rookie like that you're still getting a good feel for the car and a street course is tough it's a bit bumpy sometimes make a little mistake and find yourself in the wall so there are opportunities to negatively affect the forward momentum of your of your program very quickly here at St. Petersburg Uh, it's a 1.8 mile 14 turn street circuit a challenging track a physical racetrack although not maybe the best for budgets for some drivers. If you get into the wall, it is although a really great challenge to see who's going to step to the forefront. Uh, when we get, you know, obviously when we go racing uh, for the first time of the 2020 season or any season for that matter. Uh, let's, let's start by having a look, I think at the, uh, at the Indy lights program, they'll have 10 drivers uh, rolling out here to start the season. I think we all would have liked to have seen 12 to 14, the most notable, I guess we start with the most notable absence is is that of Hunkos Racing, which really is is wild to see. It's the first time since we rolled out the Delara IL-15 that we have not seen Hunkos Racing on the grid with that uh, that Dallara race car. They obviously won the championship that debut year with Spencer Piggott, but no drivers at this point for Hunkos Racing. Unless something shows up, you know, they've got uh, – Three drivers. Well, they tested three at, at Homestead. Well, when we get into the Indy Pro 2000 category, we'll talk about the fact that they do have actually two drivers running here this weekend, not the three that they had at the test uh, in Indy Pro 2000, but no Indy Lights, which is uh, super disappointing because we have 10 drivers set to go. A couple from Hookos would to put us to 12, which is the number I had thought of early on. I was between 12 and 14. I figured that's what the, we were going to see when we got to St. Petersburg. Uh, in the Bilardi auto racing cars, Toby Sowery out of Cambridge, England, will be driving the number five machine, Rasmuth Lint, making the move up from Indy Pro 2000. And, of course, Rasmuth, the young Swede, following this uh, kind of Swedish invasion with Marcus Erickson and, and Felix Rosenquist. Uh, Rasmuth has been one of the very impressive drivers on the road to Indy the last two years. Runner-up to Kyle Kirkwood, both in USF 2000 and in Indy Pro 2000. He's, a, I guess, a step behind Kyle, but he'll be gunning for a championship For sure this year, I thought that he could have stayed back in Indy Pro for 2020 and been the obvious uh, championship challenger in my books. Uh, He, of course, elected to move forward. Uh, So he'll be running with Bellardi Auto Racing this year. Toby Sowery, his teammate, the veteran driver uh, who made his debut on short notice last year here at St. Petersburg with the, uh, what was at that point, uh, the BN Racing Team Pelfrey collaboration. Showed very well there with a couple of podium finishes and then capped the season off. Uh, very strongly with victories. So, I, I do believe that uh, salary is going to be super strong uh, when this Ballardi auto racing card, and here, of course, at St. Petersburg as well. Ballardi's been notoriously good on straight circuits. Uh, they won, of course, last year at the opening round with Zachary Clayman and Mello. They were able to win as well on the streets of, uh, of Toronto with Aaron Tielitz. So, you got to expect Ballardi will challenge very quickly coming out of the gate. Uh, HMD Motorsports actually lining up three drivers in Indy Lakes this year. David Malukas uh, remains with the team that was uh, at one point BN Racing, then kind of evolved to HMD midway through the season last year. They did have some off-season adjustments in the uh, in the shop, that's for sure. Uh, John Comiskey was involved and was kind of running the, the program midway through the season. Uh, that relationship ended in the off season. AJ Smith has taken up the the ranks there as kind of the the team manager, and they also have some pretty solid engineers that we'll talk about. When, you know, when we get to further into the weekend, and of course, when we do the post race wrap up, we'll talk about that as well. So David Maluk is out of Chicago, Illinois, fast tracked his way through the road to Indy. He did a couple of races, a partial season in USF two thousand a couple of years ago. Two years ago in 2018, Reign in the Indy in the, uh, Pro 2000 category, and he had a couple of wins sweeping Road America ahead of his teammate Toby Sauer. He had a couple of second-place finishes. And, of course, last year that uh, rookie season in, in Indy Lights uh, pushing him through quickly. So we expect more of David this year. You know, he's got the full season under, uh, under his belt. Uh, he looked much stronger last year, and he was very honest uh, last year, at the end of last year, that he took some time to get settled back in the car after that big wreck that he had with Chris Windham at the freedom 100, it really shook him a little bit and he was able to get things dialed in late in the season. And I think that's going to be, a, this is going to be an interesting lineup because last year he was paired with Toby Sowery and they got along really well. It seemed like a, like a big brother, little brother kind of sibling relationship for the two of them. And Toby did a lot to help David um, in terms of his development. Uh, it'll be a change there in the teammates. Santi Arutia coming back. I think one of the, uh, One of the really, really uh, interesting returns, the driver from Uruguay uh, missed, did not run in the program last year, did some sports car racing uh, in in Europe. Uh, Second place in the points in what, 17, no, 16 and 17, third in 2018, came within, you know, a a couple of laps and some teammates of winning the championship back in 2017. That uh, title went to Ed Jones. Uh, Yeruti is a, a driver with tons and tons of talent. I think we all know he's got blinding speed. He's got a passion for the sport. He's aggressive when he needs to be. Uh, I think he's, in my mind, is is a, a per, would be a perfect addition to the NTT IndyCar Series just because he's such a character as well, but such a tremendous driver. You know, he's got that kind of fire like a Pato Award. Uh, seeing him come back here's huge with HMD Motorsports. He I, he becomes, I think, for me at least. One of the primary championship contenders, the guy obviously know, knows what to do. Uh, he's had so much experience, and if he's able to blend with his, his this HMD engineering crew, I think Yeruti is going to be super strong. And we'll see how his different demeanor, I think, is uh, is going to play with David Malukas. Maybe he lights a fire under David that that Toby wasn't able to. We'll see. Of course, Maluka's coming in with that one year of experience. He'll be a lot stronger here in 2020 as well. The third driver for HMD, uh, again, it's been a quick run through the road to Indy for Antonio Saravalli, the driver out of Unionville, Ontario, Canada, right outside of Toronto. So, of course, the Toronto, his his home race. Uh, Antonio coming right out of the shifter cart ranks, jumping straight into the Indy Pro 2000 category a couple of years ago with exclusive autosport. Kind of ran a privateer team a little bit last year with some help from a couple of the other teams. Uh, had a, had some good showings, had a good run in Toronto as well. Uh, they really want to get him up into the top levels as soon as possible. And they put together a program I don't believe is a full season deal yet. I think they're trying to put together um, as much funding as they can. But they're going to start the season this weekend here at St. Petersburg and in Indy Lights. So Sarah Valley uh, one of the five rookies, uh, half rookies, half veterans as part of the program here in 2020. Uh, Sarah Valley will drive the number uh, 11, Yerutia in the number 55, and David Malukas in the 79 for HMD Motorsports. Let's move again. There's two other teams to talk about. Let's jump into the team that's making their debut here this year. We would hope to have had uh, the other teams uh, in, uh, in, in Yonkos Racing. We'd like to have seen Carlin back this year. Uh, they, of course, sold their cars. One of those cars going to Exclusive Autosport. Uh, Michael Duncalf and his wife, Kimberly, have done a tremendous job to really develop their program. Just a number of years ago, it was F1600. hundred. They're The dominant program in the F1600 series, both in Ontario and Quebec, up in Canada, have won tons of championships with their Australian-made Spectrum chassis. Um, they jumped in when the USF2000 car came out, the new USF2000 car in 17. They jumped in there. Then they said, well, will keep expanding with the PM18. So two years ago, they added the, uh, the Indy Pro 2000 category as well. And they've won races all the way up the ranks with drivers like uh, Parker Thompson uh, and Daniel Frost. Uh, it was, I, I guess, only a matter of time. You know, I know in talking to Michael through the years, uh, that he really wanted to see if he could get to Indy Lights. Uh, this last year seemed like an opportunity. There were cars that were for sale. There was an opportunity to have a driver get in the car. So, we have ourselves another team, Exclusive Autosport, making their debut here this weekend at the Indy Lights Grand Prix of St. Petersburg. These races will be presented one by Anderson Interior Contracting and race two by Cooper Tires. Nikita Lostishkin will be the driver for Exclusive Autosport. Uh, born in Russia, but lives now in the Los Angeles, California, a, a racing school driving instructor. Nikita's uh, worked his way up the entire Road to Indy, USF 2000, Indy Pro, and now Indy Lights. It'll be exciting to see what Nikita can do. 38 years of age, I believe. I'll have to get the update on that. So he's probably the oldest driver in the field. But uh, the passion for the sport is there. And he's really he's really dedicated himself to the, his craft, has Nikita. And I think uh, and I like to have him on the grid. Obviously, it's great to have another car on the grid. But I think Nikita is going to surprise some people. I think he's going to run well. I think he's going to stay out of trouble. Um you know, depending on how things play out, there's a chance for podiums, a chance for top fives. I think the team would consider that to be a, a success. They're obviously just laying their roots here in the Indy Lights program. I'm sure Duncalf will want to have a two- to three-car effort uh, when we get back for 2021. That leaves the four-car juggernaut, which is uh, Andretti Autosport. Uh, the driver's coming back. Well, the one driver actually coming back, in that is Robert McGinnis. As I had said, there is uh, five drivers who are actually aren't rookies this year. Toby Sowery, Robert McInnes, uh Santa Urrutia, and David Malukas. I meant, make, make, I'll update that. Six rookies in Lint, Cerevalli, Kirkwood, Charpentier, Frost, and Lestoschkin. Four drivers are veteran drivers, very similar to last year when we had lots of rookies. Uh, Robert McGuinness from New York. New York uh, had a tremendous season last year. A winner actually here at St. Petersburg in his second year of USF 2000. And I then moved to Hunkos Racing in Indy Pro, jumping up to Andretti Autosport last year, and it was a it was a really cool 2019 season for Robert because I think he grew a lot as a driver. He came in with with I believe what was probably the ideal mindset, and that was I'm young, I'm going to learn, I'm going to do the best I can here. Uh, you know, I'm 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 going to keep my expectations reasonable. You know, I don't think he came in thinking he was going to win races. Uh, the concept was, hey, you know what, let's get a lot of experience this year and let's come back in 2020 and, and win a bunch of races and try to win the title. Well, he ends up winning. First off, he ends up battling aggressively with his teammate Oliver Askew and then with Toby Sowery at the, the Circuit of the Americas uh, in the second event of the season. Of course, that just changes his mindset. It's like, I, I can get podiums. <laughs> and then and then we go to the road course at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and he's able to get a victory there. So that kind of changed everything for Robert. And I think when he, any kind of struggles he had after that, he had to fight through um, mentally because I've won races. Why am I not winning everywhere I go now? So I love the fact that he has he's grown a lot over the last year. And I think that uh, McGinnis is going to be a very strong this year. Now he's going to have a, he's going to have a teammate in Kyle Kirkwood, the rookie who really many people think is just straight on a, on a run to the NTT IndyCar series, uh, all but dominating usf 2000 and indy pro and I, everybody uses the word domination and I, I never use the word domination because i don't feel like he's dominated obviously he had some struggles last year early on but they came on and won a, yeah he, he's won a ton of races both years but there's there have been ups and downs he hasn't he hasn't scored every pole position in every race win that's more of a dominating deal to me he did win a ton of races in usf 2000 that is for sure but there were times where he was he was smart it was I don't, I feel like the domination—the word domination just lays to the point where he had no competition. And I, I don't want Kyle to have that saddle on himself because there were times, especially in USF 2000, where it was his racecraft and his patience and his poise that gave him race wins. Where other guys were wrecking around him, Kyle made sure he stayed out of trouble, and was able to get through not making mistakes and getting wins. And I think that speaks better to Kyle than to say he dominated because maybe the car that he was in was the best car uh last year he ran for rp motorsport usa in indy pro 2000 and had a great season didn't have a good start as i said in fact the first uh I want, to say the, I want to say the first four races didn't go well he had a couple of um opening lap skirmishes where he broke wings and it it wasn't a great start in fact i think he found himself back probably in third in the points Find his way though mid-season and again when you call it domination, it don't speak to the the way he was able to hold his mental stability and his mental focus. And even though that he had issues early, he turns around and comes back to the forefront. And once we got the Road America and so on, he was able to win all these races and essentially grab a hold of the championship. So I really believe that domination—not the word—more the fact that he was able to completely manage the competition and himself to be able to grab the wins. So. That said, in setting up Kyle Kirkwood coming into Andretti Autosport, he essentially jumps behind the wheel of the car vacated by uh, his fellow Jupiter, Jupiter, Florida resident and longtime friend, Oliver Askew. Great car to get into. Kyle's kind of uh, Kyle Kirkwood's kind of following in the footsteps of Oliver in terms of winning championships. He'll be the first driver uh, of this road to, Indy to see if he can win three consecutive championships in the way up the ladder. That would be amazing. He has set the records, uh, record in USF 2000, tied the record for wins in USF 2000. I don't believe he took the, the, the record for for Indy Pro 2000 wins. I believe that's still Matthew Bra- uh, Brabham at, I think, 2013 at 13 wins, something like that, dominated the action, did uh, Brabham after winning the USF 2000 championship. But Kirkwood presents uh, an interesting challenge for Robert McGinnis, in my mind, simply because Robert, I think, would – like to have, I don't know if he would like to have, but I think he would expected and maybe still expects he's going to be the contender for the championship and lead the team. Kyle comes in, though, with uh, so much momentum and so much confidence that we'll see how it all shakes out there. Uh, Kirkwood will drive the number 28, McGinnis in the number 27. Another driver jumping into the program who uh, showed well but has has not been in the program long, and that's Daniel Frost from Singapore. A couple years ago, debuting in USF 2000 with Exclusive Autosport. He only ran three races that year. It looked good. Last year, really started to settle in and was strong. One on the Oval in the Freedom 90 for Exclusive Autosport again in the PM18. He would win again on the streets of Toronto and had good runs to the end of the season. Again, another driver like Razmuth Lint. I think if Daniel would have stayed in Indy Pro 2000 for one more year, he would have been a championship challenger. I think it would have been really good for him. But I understand. Everybody sees what's going on. They're seeing the moves of Colton Herta and Pato Award and Oliver Askew and Reina VK, You know, one year in a program and move forward it really has kind of changed the way this this program sets up, has it not? Because you know, it really just has been kind of the understanding over the at least the first seven years of the road to Indy that it's a two year program. Every level, you come in, you learn the car, you learn the learn the team, you learn whatever it may be, the, the circuits on that speed, and then. Next year, you come back, you fight for the championship. Well, you get guys starting to barnstorm their way through, and it changes the mindset. Everybody thinks they need to win a championship to move up. Or even if you don't win the championship, you need to move up. And that's just the kind of the feel that everybody's trying to do now. They're trying to rock their way through the road to Indy, right to IndyCar. And uh, I, th- you got to think about what the timing is. You know, the timing was absolutely perfect for R- Arenas VK and Oliver Aske to move into the right spots. Kind of got to look to see what drivers could potentially re- be retiring over the next, two to three to four to five years to figure out where, when you want to be ready to make your move, you just have to be good. You have, you have to, you have to develop your, your skill set enough to make it and, and your business program enough to make it work. Uh, Daniel Frost, is a race winner, as I said, a couple victories last year and he could easily win races this year as well. He's a very talented young driver. It's a big step up uh, into this Indy lights program. Have only run really what's well, he run. Uh, Twelve road to Indy weekends, three in USF 2009, last year in Indy Pro. So does, he's only got a dozen starts, uh, a dozen weekends in the in the in the road to Indy. We're in years past. We've seen guys with uh, upwards of 30 starts before they got the Indy Lights. So it's uh, it'll be interesting to see what, what Daniel Frost does. And again, very much like McGinnis, he's going to have to deal with Kirkwood. We'll see if Kyle comes out strong, and that could change the the, the dynamic under the tent. Uh, we'll see what happens there. Uh, late announcement just, uh, I think just yesterday, uh, Tristan Charpentier. I'll make sure I get that name uh, pronounced correctly. I'll talk to Tristan this weekend, driver out of France. has uh, done some F4, some F3 racing, did a super formula race last year as well, 19 years of age. He'll round out the four drivers at Andretti Autosport, driving the number 48 machine to make it a, uh, an even 10 drivers on the entry list as of March the 9th. And of course that was a couple of days ago. So, Let's cross our fingers that the Hunkos there's an extra Hunkos racing trailer that we don't know about uh, that potentially rolls in and we get another one or two cars. I heard that they were talking to at least a couple of drivers. Uh, I had sent a message out to Ricardo Hunkos, did not hear back. So uh, at this point, ten cars getting set to start the season here in Indy Lights. Uh, let's think championship right now. Um, I don't know. Do we, do we do we look at the test first? Kyle Kirkwood, of course, looked very good at the test. He, Toby Sowery. And Erasmus Lint, I'll kind of look at the the second test session there. A 114-3 at Homestead for Kirkwood, one fourteen four for salary, one fourteen five for Lint. Uh, there's uh, there, there's a top your top three there. You know you've got David Malukas in fourth and Robert McGinnis fifth. I was a little surprised by Yeruti. I thought he'd have more speed, but again he's been out of the car for a year, right? So let's I'll give him some time. I'll I'll let him take that Homestead run and get a feel for it and, and jump back. in. he's, he's been strong here at at St. Petersburg as well in the past. So I think Santi will definitely have an opportunity to to challenge, but Kyle, of course, coming out of the gate strongly. Uh, He was the quickest driver in the second test session, the afternoon test test session um, on Monday. Toby Sowery was the quickest in the morning session. So the Ballardi auto racing guys were first and second in the morning and second and third uh, in the afternoon speaks well for the, those drivers, uh, whether they're able to challenge uh, when we get uh, rolling here on Friday morning. Any lights will be on track on Friday morning. So championship wise, if I would just out of the gate, I, I say that it's the experience of Santi Arutia. HMD Motorsports showed well last year, especially at the end of the season, able to win races with Toby Sauri. So Santi, I think is going to be the one of the primary, he's the primary challenger in my point, Kyle Kirkwood there as well. I think uh, I just think Kyle's got so much momentum coming in. He's jumping in behind the wheel of a great car in the 28 that Askew ran. Andretti's got their stuff together. We know that. Doug Zister, who's the en- uh, engineer for Kyle Kirkwood, he knows his stuff. He's been around a lot of champions, worked with a lot of guys, uh, and is coming off a championship with uh, with Oliver. I'm going to be interested to, to talk to Doug to, to to get kind of his gauge on the difference between Oliver and Kyle because they have come up through the ranks. Similarly, with the, kind of the same karting teams to a certain extent, uh, they I think, yeah, I think they both were with Ocala Grand Prix at one point. I believe they both ran for PSL karting. I have to confirm that. Um, 25 years in karting, my mind's a little wish-washy sometimes. Uh, Kirk was definitely going to be the championship hunt. I think if McGinnis gets off to a great start, we'll see him with the ability to potentially run for a championship. And uh, I don't I don't think we, anybody can count out Toby Sowery. If uh, they get off to a good start for Bellardi Auto Racing, their former champions in the series, if Toby gets out to a good start, uh, especially having the the strong car that he'll expect to have here on the streets of, of St. Petersburg, if they get to the next event at Barber Motorsports Park and are strong, they've won there before as well, uh, has Bilardi Auto Racing. Uh, I think Toby's got a shot. Uh, I'm not going to count out Rasmus Lint either, because if Kyle Kirk, if you put Kyle Kirkwood in the championship discussion, you have to put Rasmus Lint in the championship discussion as well. It'll be interesting to see how the entire season plays out, but, there's a look at the Indy Lights program, folks. Again, this, my name is Rob Howden. This is the Road to Indy Insider, our uh, second podcast of the 2020 season. I plan to do more, but man, it's been a busy couple of months to start the year. Uh, four different karting events I hit to start the year off. Uh, two here this month. Obviously, I'll do the uh, this race here at St. Petersburg. And then I'll be back to the Challenge of the America Series at Sonoma Raceway at the end of the month. So a lot of racing going on, and it's, it's just tough to kind of get things locked in. 14 drivers that we have in Indy Pro. Let's move to the Indy Pro 2000 program. Uh, and again, the great thing about this program here is the fact that a lot of the strong, we've got drivers who have come back, strong drivers coming back. Uh, we've got some great young drivers coming up as well uh, from USF 2000. That's always the, the, the balance. And I'm happy to see 14 cars. There were 16 at the test. And that w- I was I was pretty pumped up with the possibility of of having 16 cars here because one of the things I kept saying uh, last season when and and I'll, it continues to say it this season when people worry about the numbers in Indy Lights, the key program with Indy Lights was the simple fact that this is a ladder program. USF 2000 feeds Indy Pro, Indy Pro feeds. Indy Lights, yeah, guys come in from other programs like F4 and F3, or British F4, British F3, whatever it may be. We we draw drivers from all over the world, of course, but a, a strong USF2000 series of 20 to 24 is going to feed Indy Pro 2000. Strong Indy Pro is going to is going to feed Indy Lights. Well, remember back in 2017, the last year with the old Pro Formula Mazda, I think we only had six full time cars at one point i think we had 8 or 9 run totally we only had you know that those cars so so that 17 made for a bad 18 and a bad 19 just because we were rebuilding the Indy Pro 2000 class so if Indy Pro if we see them with with 14 16 18 cars then you're going to get enough guys to feed Indy Lights and it's going to grow that's why there is a little bit of growth as we've talked about in the Indy Lights program we just finished talking about guys like Rasmus Lind and Kyle Kirkwood and Daniel Frost and uh, Antonio Seravalli, you know these drivers moving up. We have six rookies in the program, right? Those drivers moving up into the into uh, into Indy Lights. The strength of Indy Pro is what's going to make Indy Lights better next year and for the years to come. So to have fourteen is strong. We had sixteen at the at the road course test at Homestead. Uh, again, I was I would have loved to have had all those drivers with us. We did not. The driver's not here. Toby Sowery actually tested for Turn 3 Motorsports, worked with that crew to get some more data for their driver, Antoine Camo. Talk about that uh, coming up as well. And Philippe Dennis tested with RP Motorsport USA. And I don't believe, at least the the lineup that I have right there, right now, Philippe Dennis. Actually, he is on the scale. I just looked right now. I just updated. He actually is on it. So we'll talk more about that. Uh, Hunkos Racing, I believe, had three drivers as well. Is that the one I'm missing that Hunkos had three drivers? Going back down to the test here, latest results. Yes, Hunkos had Nate Aranda. That was it. Nate Aranda out of Albuquerque, New Mexico, who made, who made his debut last year here in the, in the USF 2000 program, was involved in an incident. tested for Hunkos Racing. I don't have him on my list right now, but I do believe... Uh, There is a potential he could be here. I'll find out when I get to the track later today. I'll post that out on my social media. So let's look at the teams. Who do we start with? Uh, Let's start first and foremost uh, with RP Motorsport USA. They won the championship last year with Kyle Kirkwood, uh, a a different team this year. They've got uh, young Lucas Peterson, a driver who's a Swedish driver who actually splits his time both in Dubai and Miami, Florida. He comes, uh, Uh, via a number of programs he ran down in in the Toyota racing series as well. That was kind of part of a a partnership between the Toyota racing series down in New Zealand and this road to Indy, which is uh, giving the drivers who compete down there a chance to come to the Chris Griffiths test or the spring training test. Lucas will make his debut in the road to Indy with RP motorsports here this year. And Philippe Dennis, as as I had mentioned before, I I wasn't sure when I looked at the entry list before I was incorrect, Driver out of Carmel, California, will run with RP Motorsport USA. He split uh, with teams last year. Started the series with Fat Boy Racing, ran a number of races, and then capped off the season at uh, Laguna Seca with Exclusive Autosport. De- Philip definitely a very talented young driver. I've watched him come up through the karting ranks. Uh, RP Motorsport, we know has the ability to win races. They, they won a bunch with Kyle Kirkwood last year. So uh, Philippe Dennis, of course, he and Lucas Peterson are going to bank on the fact that they have a great notebook of uh, of data and setup knowledge uh, that uh, they were able to develop uh, with uh, Kirkwood last year and Harrison Scott the year before. Uh, and we'll see where they end up locking out when, when we get rolling. At that serious, serious test, they actually ran decently. They were 8th and ninth in the final session uh, of the weekend. Let's move then to Exclusive Autosport. Just a single driver with Exclusive Autosport after two last year, but he's going to be very, very strong out of the gate. I guarantee you. Braden Eaves, the USF 2000 champion from last year from Gahana, Ohio, will run the number one machine. Actually lives in New Albany, Ohio now. So he jumps over to Michael Duncast's program as the, as the only driver uh, for Exclusive Autosport, exclusive with three drivers in USF 2000, one in Indy Pro and one in in Indy lights. I'm kind of surprised that they weren't able to get two or three drivers for ex- exclusive based on what they showed last year. Daniel Frost, of course, winning on the oval and on the street circuit of Toronto, a really strong package for exclusive autosport. Nikita Losterskin ran with them last year. And of course has since moved up to Indy lights with the team. Braden Eaves, though, really strong on the test came out of the gate uh, nicely. And I believe turned the fastest outright lap of the weekend. We'll talk more about that afterwards. Um, Eaves is going to be good comes in with a lot of momentum right now, a lot of confidence and, uh, and remember he was able to uh, be victorious here last year as well, winning both races in USF 2000 and uh, experience at St. Petersburg is, is very important success at St. Petersburg uh, gives the driver a ton of confidence. And the thing about coming into this race weekend, guys, only five races, right? they get one practice session, two qualifying runs and two races. That's it. So, uh, to have the confidence early on, especially in your car, but also knowing the racetrack and you've been successful there, I think is going to play well uh, to Braden Eaves Again, he'll be by himself in that program. Hunkos Racing, who finished second last year with uh, Rasmuth Lint, will have two drivers I believe on track, as I said. Stingray Rob coming back. Very late announcement. I had messaged with Stingray and his dad just, uh, maybe a month before the actual announcement. They told me they were still working hard on the budget. They couldn't t- say where they were going to be yet. I wondered if they were going to be Swapping into a different program. I didn't know what was going on, but the driver out of Payette, Idaho, who uh, pay at Idaho, rather who, uh, who everybody uh, is absolutely stoked about his name. Of course, I'm more stoked about the fact that stingray is just a talented young driver. He came so close to winning a couple of races last year. He was very strong at Portland and was taken out in the, on the opening lap from a driver from behind. Uh, Almost was able to win the penultimate race, the first of the weekend race of the doubleheader at Laguna Seca last September to cap off the season. Uh, a driver ahead of him goes over top of the Rumbles, spits a bunch of gravel onto the track in turn number five. Stingray's coming through it full song. Gets into the gravel, sends him off the racetrack. That allows Kyle Kirkwood to slip through. Another example of Kirkwood being at the right place at the right time. That race belonged to Stingray. Rob, he was going to win it off the racetrack, didn't get it. And then, of course, taken out from behind again uh, at the final race of the year. Uh, and of course Kyle Kirk was, was involved in that one as well. Stingray Rob is just on the cusp of getting his first road to Indy victory. It's his fourth year in the Indy pro 2000 category. He ran back in 2017 before the, the new PM 18 Tadis came out. He was in the, the pro formula Mazda that, uh, we had that shortened season for that, for that year. And he was part of that short program just to kind of jump in there. Good budget, learn the car, learn the speed, I think more the and, and the tracks. And then has stayed with Yunkos Racing his fourth year. So let's look for Stingray Rob to step things up uh, and potentially run for a championship. He'll be joined by Artem Petrov, the young Russian driver who had an up-and-down time last year in the second half of the season with uh, RP Motorsports uh, USA. It was actually Artem who got into the back of Stingray at both Portland and Laguna Seca. Hopefully they've sat down and had a heart-to-heart heart about that one because they're going to have to work together if they want to challenge the, the guys that are out here ready to race. Uh, this year, uh, D racing, uh, jumped into the Indy pro 2000 category last year and had a couple of good runs. They got four cars. They're the biggest team in the Indy pro 2000 category. Uh, this year, Moises de la Vera from, uh, uh, Guadalajara, Mexico actually lives in San Antonio, Texas. He'll be behind the wheel. The number six, once again, Corey Enders, uh, who had a couple of really good runs down the stretch, especially at gateway motorsports park, had a tremendous run there. Driver out of Austin, Texas in the number seven. He'll be back again. Uh, Manuel Suluan making the jump up from USF 2000, driver out of Puebla, Mexico. He'll move up into the number eight machine in Indy Pro. And the team leader, though, now, they went out and drafted this guy because he's back for another year. I want to say it's his fifth year in the road to Indy. Two years in USF 2000. Actually, no, three years, but it's only his sixth year. Three years in USF 2000. Talk about Parker Thompson, of course, the young Canadian from Red Deer, Alberta. Ran with JDC Motorsports in his first year. In fifth 2015, battled with um, Anthony Martin for the Rookie of the Year that year. Uh, then ran for Cape Motorsports, came up second in the championship points. Then the following year, second in the championship points for Exclusive Autosports. First year in the PM17, battling that with Renus VK. They both moved up to Indy Pro 2000 again. Parker Thompson kind of resetting the bar, like he did with Exclusive in 2017, coming in with a clean notebook. And he was kind of their test driver slash go win some races. They did that and were able to get the notes to move forward. They grabbed the PM18 that year. And again, Parker drafted to be that test driver, the R&D guy, to to get the notes, the notebook to move forward with. He does the same thing last year with Able Motorsports. First year in the program in Indy Pro. Let's bring in Parker. Let's let's R&D the guy. Uh, He ends up building the notebook for Abel Motorsports, who is not here, which is a shame. I would love to have seen Jacob Abel and the team back here again for 2020. Parker now bringing his considerable talents to D force racing. Uh, A very strong group uh, of drivers, a very strong technical group as well. The engineering staff is very good there. Man, I'll tell you, Parker Thompson, uh, definitely an opportunity for him to win the championship this year. But I think overall, you just have to look and say, he has proven himself as a driver with the technical ability to help set up a car. He can drive whatever it may be. And I'm, I'm just hoping that everybody sees this what's going on. The Parker keeps getting brought into programs to like to start from scratch everywhere he goes. He's starting from scratch. He's not starting from scratch here with deforest racing, but you know, the bottom line is Delavera and Enders were kind of mid mid pack throughout the year. They had some good runs. Parker's going to come in to help raise the bar of that team. And I think that uh, him, with a couple of race wins last year, started the season off with Able Motorsports with two victories here at the streets of St. Petersburg. Uh, if he does that again here this year for Force Racing, look out because they may get on a roll that will come through Coda and through Indy all the way to, uh, to Lucas Oil Raceway and the and the, uh, and the Carbonite Classic because uh, we know based on last year at, uh, at Gateway that the guys at D Force have a pretty good oval car as well. So there's your big D-Force program. Finally, we get to see Paps Racing making the jump into Indy Pro 2000. I think it's super exciting. And they bring their, their what do they call themselves, peanut butter and jelly, I think. It's Colin Kaminsky and Hunter McElroy, uh, the two drivers who uh, battled last year in USF 2000. Of course, McElroy almost winning the championship came up so close at the very end, battling with Braden Eves for the USF 2000 title. Uh, the driver who lives now in in L.A., but, uh, actually hometown L.A., born in L.A., lives in Australia, I believe. Uh, we always go back and forth. Is he Australian? Is he American? Is he Kiwi? I'll get that straightened out again this year. Colin Kaminsky, though, from Homer Glen, Illinois, both drivers for Paps Racing. They were strong last year. Very, very good teammates together. Good friends. They balance well off of each other. They keep each other loose. It'll be the debut for Paps Racing here in the Indy Pro 2000 category. McElroy, a very late announcement. I'm not sure if the full budget's together yet for McElroy. Hopefully it is. But he's an immediate, immediate championship challenging, uh, challenger. There's no doubt in my mind that he, we could potentially see uh, him run for the championship. Uh, Sabre Cook is back. This is super exciting. Uh, it's essentially BN Racing with Team Benick. Uh, Bryn Nuttall, the guys from Bennett Karting and, and the Benick Racing Team, Sabra, of course, one of the drivers who was able to do well enough last year in the W Series over in Europe to get a chance to come back again here uh, in 2020 to run the W Series. The program has really has allowed her to do a lot of stuff. She worked last year as well with the Formula One team as part of a scholarship, uh, an engineering scholarship that she was able to win this. Sabra is the package, the full package. She's an extremely talented driver. I watched her come up through the karting ranks, winning championships and races. Uh, she is unbelievably intelligent. She's a beautiful young woman. She is uh, very outgoing as well. She's the whole package. And Sabre's going to get an oppor- a really good opportunity here. She's had more seat time. I talked to her at a karting race in Homestead, one of the supercars USA Winter Series races earlier in the year. And she admitted that when she jumped from karting into the program, she did some Formula SCCA racing, I believe, the Formula Enterprises car, and then jumped into USF 2000. And it just – it was – it was such a whirlwind for her. Everything was just it was hard for her to make the complete connection. Since then, though, diving full on into motorsports at the F1 level, at the engineering level, and then being able to have that season at the W series where she was really able just to find herself, find her own groove and find her own skill set, huge for her. And I think this program, she's very excited about it. It's a limited program. She won't be running the entire season at this point. I'm not sure if there's I haven't really looked whether or not there's conflict with the W series. That would preclude her from potentially not running the season should the budget be found. Uh, But she'll run the full W Series again. I think she finished 12th last year in the championship. So expect her to battle her way up into the top 10 this year. Maybe even better than that. Uh, Young American at a Grand Junction, Colorado. Good to see her back with Extract Technologies and Apple Motorsports as the sponsorship. Last but not least, great to have the guys from Fat Boy Racing back in the the party. uh, Charles Finelli and the number 83 from Locust Valley. He's been working hard in his racecraft. In fact, he's been behind the wheel of an Indy Lights car a little bit in the off-season. And I'm, I think that may help him coming back to the Indy Pro because, you know, you speed everything up when you jump. Uh, anytime you jump up a, a step higher, everything's faster. Everything happens more quickly. But then when you come back down a level, everything's a bit slower. It's not quite ahead of you. You know, maybe it, maybe, that, maybe that's going to help. I think it probably will for Charles Fernandez. That'll be a question that we'll definitely ask him, but great to have them back again. Sejour and Haggerty, the sponsors for Fat Boy Racing for Charles Finelli, in the number 83. Again, 14 drivers set to go here in the Indy Pro 2000 category. Um, let's have a look at the series test, first and foremost. Uh, we'll look at the final test session. Uh, Braden Eaves, quickest driver in the final session. Uh... Stingray Robb was second, Artem Petrov in third, so the Hunkos Racing driver's second and third in that particular one. Nate Aranda, even in the 10th position, had a good run. d force Racing uh, was pretty strong as well, though, fourth, fifth, and sixth, and not that far back. Parker Thompson, less than two-tenths of a second behind Braden Eves in that final session. Um, Corey Enders was fifth, and Manuel Suleiman, sixth. Sabre Cook for Team Bennett was in seventh. Uh, Lucas Peterson for RP Motorsports, just ahead of Philippe Dennis, and, and, and eighth and ninth, and Nate Aranda was 10th as I said. uh, The drivers from Paps though, did not run that particular session. When they did in session four, they were fourth and fifth. So look for them to be strong. Out of the gates, Parker Thompson was the quickest driver in the opening session. He followed up in session number two. Then Eves came to the forefront in session number three. That was actually the start of the second day of the test, uh, which was the Sunday. Toby Sowery actually proved that they Turn three guys got things dialed in. He was the quickest driver uh, in session number four. And the driver he, he was kind of dial, dialing things in for, Antoine Camo, uh, who was uh, who set to go, uh, was set to go, driver from Montreal, was actually eighth, So they put together a pretty good car there. And that's one of the things we got to jump in for, because I haven't talked about this yet. Antoine Camo will not be here this weekend. Just as I was firing things up, getting everything ready to go here in the hotel room for the podcast, finding out uh, that he is not going to be able to make it. Work commitments are going to keep him at home, and they have, they're they bringing in Lucas Cole, which I think is super cool. Lucas Cole, a uh, driver who ran a, three years, I believe, in USF 2000, and then last year jumped up to Indy Lights with Bilardi Auto Racing. He had told me just over a month ago that the budget wasn't there for him to be able to come back to run Indy Lights this year. But he did want to try to get back for 2021. That was the focus. I'm not sure what conversation came about. Lucas Cole potentially was just in the country. I don't know. I'll find out. But he will be driving for Turn 3 Motorsports in place of Antoine Camo this weekend. So that may may put us at 15 cars. Does that put us at 15? That may put us at 15 cars for the weekend. We'll see how it all shakes down. But that's it. That's what we're looking at. Uh, Championship-wise, I kind of threw it out there. I think Braden Eves definitely with a shot at the title. I think uh, he, I'll go just down the list based on numbers. Braden Eves has got a shot at it. He comes out as a championship challenger. We've seen what's happened with title guys coming through. We saw that Oliver Askew was able to win a championship. We saw that Kyle Kirk was able to come straight in and win a championship. So he's definitely got the momentum. We know exclusive auto sport can win races. They did so on the Oval last year at Lucas Oil Raceway and on the streets of Toronto. And Braden was super strong in the test. Look out for him, especially knowing that he won both races last year in USF 2000. Stingray, Rob, I think you have to put him in the championship discussion. He's with Hunkos Racing. They've won multiple championships in Indy Pro 2000 and even before that in Pro Mazda. Uh, Stingray's in his fourth year. He's become a very strong, focused driver. and He ended the season big time last year. So I think Stingray's ready to fight for the title. And I think the other, probably other two drivers should put in the middle of the championship discussion number one Parker Thompson for sure for D Force racing veteran the poise he has if they can connect and if they get the setup dialed in Parker's going to be good from the get-go and he's going to fight to the very end to try to win his first road to Indy championship of course remember these drivers battling for that scholarship to move to Indy lights and last but not least I think you have to say the Hunter McIlroy with Paps Racing even though they're a new team moving into Indy Pro they're going to get the hang of it pretty quickly Uh, Hunter Almost won the USF 2000 championship last year, so the skills are there. I think you have to look at those four drivers as the primary championship contenders uh, in the Indy Pro 2000 championship presented by Cooper Tires. All right, let's move now to USF 2000. And uh, a strong field, 20 drivers in total, And, and... they're coming from different angles, angles, which I love. We got a couple drivers that are coming back. We we got a good look, good run of rookies as well. What one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine rookies. That'll leave us with eleven uh, veteran drivers coming back. So this particular season, I think, is going to be super strong uh, in terms of of how many guys can run for a race win. How many guys can run for the championship? Because I just think there's so much talent that's coming in. Let's start with K Motorsports. Of course, they have won the last, what, nine driver championships, I believe. It's been an incredible streak for them. And they've got four young drivers um, ready to battle it out. One one in particular, with two with a lot of experience, one with a bit of experience, and one with none, only really one race here in the, in the road to Indy. The driver with a full season experience is Reese Gold. Of course, only 14 years of age last year. He's 15 years of age now out of Miami, Florida. Strong season last year, finished 10th in the points, ran kind of at the tail of the top 10, just outside the top 10 all season long, but was unbelievably consistent throughout the season. Stayed out of trouble. This year will be his year to shine, but at only 15 years old, he could come back again next year, which is crazy, isn't it? Although he'll probably want to move to Indy Pro, he could come back another year, but he's going to be definitely a driver to watch trying to go for race wins. Uh, The other driver with experience in the team is Kyle Dupel. He ran a full season a couple of years ago, I believe, with Team Pelfrey. Uh, Did a a couple starts last year with Newman Walks Racing. He is now with Cape Motorsports. He'll drive the number eight machine. And then, of course, Michael D'Orlando did a limited program two years ago as well with Team Bennick. I think four starts for Michael. Um, He did uh, kind of took last year off for most of the year, but did some F4 races at the end. and was able to get on the podium, had some pretty good runs there. Uh, the driver out of Hartsdale, New York. And then the, the driver, of course, lots of guys are watching out of Mount Kisco, New York. Uh, Josh Green was part of the Team USA scholarship crew. Uh, Jeremy Shaw's uh, program that went over to the Formula Ford Festival and the Walter Hayes Trophy last year. Uh, Josh Green, I think, is one that I think everybody's, ex- everybody's going to be looking at. Uh, number one for Rookie of the Year, potentially, uh, to try to race for the championship as well. It'll all depend on how comfortable he gets out of the gate. He ran about one race. I think he ran Portland last year. Uh, but Josh Green uh, will round it a four-driver group at Cape Motorsports. The other team with four drivers and one that I think will definitely be a championship challenger. at least he was last year and came on strong at the end of the season. The team is Jay Howard Driver Development. The driver I'm talking about from Copenhagen, Denmark, is Christian Rasmussen. Won a couple of races last year, victorious in Toronto, and I believe in Ohio. Christian definitely a guy I expect to jump to the forefront. They've got Christian Bogle. Uh, back for another season. Christian, of course, kind of cut his teeth last year, got a feel for it, ran both USF 2000. I don't know if he ran the full F4 program, but he ran a number of F4 races last year and actually got a victory late in the season um, at the Circuit of the Americas event, the finale. Uh, J. Howard Driver Development also signing Nolan Siegel, who ran last year with Newman Walks Racing. He'll run with J. Howard Driver Development as part of a four-driver crew. And Wyatt Bruckacek, also the driver out of uh, Jones, uh, Johnstown, Colorado, uh, formerly from actually hometown Noblesville, Indiana. So he's an Indiana boy, but the rookie living now in Colorado will drive for Jay Howard Driver Development. Some, uh, some, uh, a diverse group of drivers. Got a couple of young drivers, Nolan Siegel, only 15 years of age. You've got Rasmussen, who was strong last year, will obviously lead the team with his experience. Christian Bogle stepping up this, his game last year. is going to be a little bit of an unknown coming in, I think. You know, I, I expect him to be strong, but, you know, where where does he slide in? Is he going to be a top 10 guy? Is he going to be right around that top 10? You never know where everybody's going to shake down. And, and St. Petersburg's not always the best place. to. You don't get a great feel for it. And I said that off the top of the podcast, you don't get an awesome feel for where guys are going to slot in because the, the guys that are coming back for the second year, always come out of the gate stronger because they've been there before. They're faster in the opening warm up session, which is of course sketchy because they're usually the first, the first drivers on the racetrack to start Thursday. So the track's dirty as hell and they're you get pushed, right? And so the guys there, the guys that have a full season, are going to, be a little, going to be a little stronger. And some of the guys that, that are, are rookies may be a little more hesitant as well, which I prescribe to. Stay out of trouble. Get out of the St. Petersburg weekend with no crash damage. Get a couple of top 10, top 15 finishes, and move on to the Circuit of the Americas. That's their program. You don't want to make mistakes in the opening round. So it'll be interesting to see how things roll out there with the J. Howard Driver Development Crew. Let's move into exclusive autosport. Uh, last year, they didn't have; they had a driver, then didn't have a driver, had nobody in USF 2000. This year, three drivers. Uh, first and foremost, driving the number one with the scholarship that he got from the Lucas Oil School of Racing, uh, Prescott Campbell uh, will uh, will be with exclusive autosport, and I think Prescott, a tremendous young man, uh, very knowledgeable. Uh, uh, just a really good good young kid, and I think people are going to really, really like Prescott. He's uh, he's a talented driver, and I, and I think he's going to impress out of the gate. Uh, the other driver, let's, let's go to Manuel Cabrera, who will drive the number 91. He's had a, a number of starts in USF 2000, but has not been able to, to run a full season. Let's cross our fingers that Man, Manuel gets a full season because he's a very quick uh, race car driver, and he's going to be part of a good team, a three-driver team in exclusive autosport i move now to the driver number 44, Christian Brooks. I've followed Christian for the last probably 10 years. There's a podium pitcher out there somewhere that's called uh, Supercarts USA Supernationals podium with, I think it's Colton Herta, Parker Thompson, Pato Award, and Christian Brooks. I think all four of those drivers are on that podium. Christian, I'll set this up for those of you who follow the road to Indy because you're not just IndyCar fans you follow the full road to Indy because you want to watch these guys coming up the ranks. All these people that are going to be jumping all over and, and, and become fans of Oliver Askew should have came back and watched us, right? Because this is where you saw Oliver, Oliver come through the ranks. Same goes for Renus VK. But Christian Brooks following very much in the footsteps of an Oliver Askew and a Kyle Kirkwood, not so much just that he's trying to get into the program now, but the way that he and his family approached their carding. They didn't, do a couple of one or two years of junior and then jump into cars. Christian's been one of the top uh, single speed national level senior go-kart racers for the last, I want to say four years, probably four years, th- at least three, four years. I have to go back and look at my notes, but here's a guy that anytime he kept racing car- top level, national karting, aggressive, hardcore racing. And you saw what happened. You don't need to be 14 years of age to come into, into the road to Indy. If you look back at the drivers who have done the success, in USF 2000, over the last two years, who, who is it? It's Oliver Askew and Kyle Kirkwood, both in their late teens. And so here comes comes uh, Christian Brooks, coming in 18 years of age. Uh, I think he, does he turn 19 this week? 19 coming around the corner for Christian Brooks. He's the number three. Or I think he's the number three ranked shift cart uh, racer in the country right now by ecartingnews.com My website. We do the full a full ranking system. He's number three. He's still the number three ranked carter, always a threat to win any karting race he goes to. So he comes in here uh, to USF 2000, ran a season in F4 last year. So he's got the car experience, fantastic team, exclusive auto sport, but he's got that, he's got that, that, um, that maturity and that poise of running top level national karting. And he's got such a diverse, people you'll find out more about Christian Brooks, such a diverse uh, experience as well as a resume. He came out of still, still running karts. But he ran the Red Bull Global Rallycross GRC Lights program. And then he ran the uh, the American Rallycross program, the ARX program as well. So he's got some Rallycross stuff, as well as his F4. Very interesting young driver of Santa Clara, a Clarita, California. You're going to hear a lot about him. And I think he could challenge. I'll say he could challenge for the championship. If he gets comfortable early, Christian Brooks is going to be very, very good in this program because he does follow in the footsteps of Kyle Kirkwood and Oliver Askew. Let's work our way down the order now to, uh, to Paps racing team champions last year. Uh, they bring back, uh, one of their rookie drivers from last year was a rookie last year. Yuvan Sundar only 17 years of age out of, uh, Gilderland, New York. Uh, he was, he there was four drivers at Paps last year. Yuvan was the young one. It was Bruna Tomaselli, Hunter McIlroy, Colin Kaminsky, just a great group of four, four kids that just had a ton of fun together. You've learned a lot, though, and this will be his year now to step up. He'll still have – it's a cool thing he'll have McIlroy and Kaminsky. His teammates will be under the tent in Indy Pro 2000. But now he's got a couple other teammates. He's got Eduardo Barrichello, and he's got Matt round Garrido. a couple of very, uh, very talented race car drivers. Barrichello did uh, some time in F4, of course, last year with a couple different teams here in USF 2000. So like Sundar Murthy, Barrichello coming back again for his second year. Same goes for Matt round Garrido driver who was one of the top guns in British formula Ford came over and ran last year in USF 2000. I think he did one or two Indy pro 2000 races as well, but he's settling in with Paps racing. And that's a really interesting lineup with a cut with, with three drivers coming back for their second year. Uh, Paps Racing, Augie Paps knows what he's talking about. He's been able to draw great drivers. He was able to hold on to Sundar and Murthy and to bring Eduardo Barrichello in there, who continues to do a lot of karting as well to keep himself sharp in the offseason. Matt Gerudo, we know with tons of tons of speed. Uh, I like that lineup for Paps. They'll run the 21, the 22, and the 23. Uh, what else we've we got going here, coming into the program here? Uh, Miller-Vinatieri Motorsports. Let's make sure we talk about them. Uh, Jack William Miller coming back for his second season. It'll see how how Jack fares, driver out of Carmel, uh, Indiana. I think that uh, a second season will be strong. He had a couple flashes of great speed last year, and I think that another season under the books will be be good for him. Max Kayser, a rookie driver from Keystone, Colorado, will complete the two-driver program at Miller Vinatieri Motorsports. All right, let's move on to Legacy Autosport. A couple of drivers for Legacy Autosport. Big... Big news, I think, coming in, we, we lost Cameron Shields midway through the season last year, if you all remember. He had he started with Newman Walks Racing. It was a shoestring budget. He was able to win on the Oval at Lucas Oil Raceway, he had a bunch of great finishes, but there were some wrecks as well, and he eventually ran out of cash, and that was it. He was on the sidelines. He stayed with the team throughout the season to be able to work with and support Nolan Siegel, which was great. Cameron, though, has been working the offseason trying to find cash, and and I'm not sure how much budget he was able to put together. He has put together a program, though, with Legacy Autosport. Cameron Shields will run uh, alongside Ayrton Ory for the team. So there will be two cars for Legacy Autosport, as there was at the Homestead Test. Of course, Shields, the young driver out of Toowoomba, Australia, the same hometown as Will Power. Ayrton Ory made, uh, I want to say, a single start last year at Portland. So he'll be coming in here for his first full season in the USF 2000 program. We'll cap things off right now. D-Force Racing. We'll have a couple of drivers and uh, Kiko Porto driver who was one of the top competitors in the F4 program last year, be a rookie this year, the driver out of Brazil and another young driver getting a chance. It was a, it was a surprise announcement uh, just about a month ago, Mateus Ramirez out of Bradenton, Florida, one of the top shifter cart drivers in, uh, in North America, getting a chance to jump into the USF 2000 program. I'll find out more about this and how that program was able to come together. But Ramirez Runs for the Squadra Track Magic, which is a legendary, iconic name in American karting, kind of coming back, running with uh, Gary Carlton and his racing program, GFC Karting. Uh, he'll be running all season long, still in the cart in top-level karting, but this opportunity to be able to move into the USF 2000 program, obviously too, too good to pass up for Matias Ramirez. And I think that once he gets comfortable with the car, Matias will be a driver you'll be very interested to watch. He'll have to transition the way he drives because... When you drive a, a, a top-level 125cc shifter cart and you move to uh, the, the USF2000 car, it's almost, almost, it's almost a step down to a certain extent because you have to slow things down. The, there's so much bottom-end torque. The power-to-weight ratio in the shifter cart is more than that of the USF2000 car, so you have to work on momentum and keeping things calm and carrying a lot of corner speed. And that'll be one thing that, uh, that uh, Ramirez will have to learn uh, throughout the program. Last but not least, uh, on the entry list here, uh, they've kept it a little, pretty quiet, I think, but we're going to see Jordan Missig, who was uh, one of the top drivers uh, in the Radical Cup Series last year. I believe won the Radical Cup Championship last year. He's going to make his debut with Newman Walks Racing uh, this year. So Jordan Missig uh, aboard the Missig Performance Group machine in the number 39. So a good lineup of drivers for sure in USF 2000. Great to have 20 cars in the field. Let's go back and look a little bit at the about the test sessions out of the gate at Homestead. Eduardo Barrichello for Pabst Racing was able to be quicker than Reese Gold and Josh Green. It was interesting to see how things kind of shook down. Uh, a four four at that point. Barrichello able to shave off another tenth of a second. He and Reese Gold again first and second. Uh, so Barrichello kind of dropping the gauntlet saying, hey, listen, I'm ready to race here for Pabst Racing. Even sooner, Moody was up there in third spot in session number two. Christian Rasmussen. In fourth, Sundar Murthy Rathi, third, Rasmussen, fourth, and Cameron Shields for Legacy Auto Sport f- was fifth. If Cameron Shields can put the budget together to run with Legacy all year long, he's got a chance to win races and he's got a chance to win the championship. There's no doubt in my mind. He was top five again uh, in session number three. And again, he hadn't driven since the middle of 2019. Prescott Campbell and, and Christian Brooks, though, in session three to cap off the Saturday session at Homestead for exclusive Autosport. They definitely. Made a statement. <laughs> they go P1 and P2, 123-6, 123-8 for those two drivers. Barrichello's still there. Rasmussen's still there. Shield's still there as well. Gold fell down to about eight spot. But the exclusive autosport drivers, those two uh, rookies, uh, stepping their way up impressively. Of course, they came back again on Sunday for session number four. Barrichello goes back to P1. Michael D'Orlando has a good run there. And again, the thing about these tests, as you know, guys, Not everybody's throwing fresh tires on. You never know what they're doing. You never know if they're at weight or not, to be honest. Um, And a lot of drivers actually didn't even run the final session on Friday. I think everybody kind of burned through their tires. A total of only nine drivers turned laps in the final session on Sunday, the fifth session. Cameron Shields was the quickest driver. Uh, Jack William Miller ended up second. Prescott Campbell third. Uh, Obviously getting Prescott some more laps. Uh, Kiko Porto in fourth and Reese fifth. Let's scoot back quickly to the entry list and let's talk championship contention. It's always tough at USF 2000 because I, I, you can throw some names out. Yeah, this guy's going to be strong, but you never know which rookies are going to come out and absolutely lay it down, right? Would it would it, would you have said? Would you have said that Oliver Askew was going to contend for the championship? Yeah, because you're a cape driver. There's four cape drivers. Do I say all four are going to contend for the championship this year? I don't know because we got so many other tremendous drivers. Just based on last year. I got to think that Christian Rasmussen is going to be one of the championship contenders. Won a couple of races last year. Jay Howard Driver Development really dialed things in last year, and they look pretty good in the test as well. So let's just, let's just throw Rasmussen in there first, first and foremost. Let's look at the test. Let's look at the team, and let's look at the test. Let's look at Pabst Racing. Juven Suteramurthy, Eduardo Barrichello, Matt Round Ger- Garrido. Just based on the speeds of the test, looks like Barrichello has felt uh, very comfortable with Tony's Kasimets and the whole crew and Augie Pabst at Pabst Racing. You got to think Barrichello's got a chance to win the championship. Does Juven Cedar or Murley have what it takes right now to win a title? We're going to see. And it'll be whether or not how how hard he's going to fight for race wins. That's something that we're going to see. Matt Rangarito, I know. I know that he'll di- he'll dice it out. Does he have the outright speed? Again, St. Petersburg, not the best place to see if, if you can win a championship, but St. Petersburg is a great place to start. A championship run. That is for sure. When it comes to exclusive sport, I think Christian Brooks and Prescott Campbell both have a chance. Brooks Brooks has more top-level national experience uh, in terms of everything he's done, whether it's the pressure of running the Red Bull Global Rally Cross program or running the F4, full F4 program last year, or all the major events he does with teams like Nash Motorsports in karting, where where Christian is always a driver to win. I picked him to win the Super Nationals last year. Excuse the Super Nationals. It's the biggest carding event in the world. And I picked him to win because he's that he has that much talent and that much poise and that much racecraft. craft. Um, if Exclusive dials things in and get, gets into a groove and gets some momentum, if Christian wins a race early, if he's able to win one here this weekend, look out. Because there will be momentum. Prescott Campbell showing good speed, of course, in the test. Again, he latched a little bit of the top-level car racing and motorsport experience I think that that Christian does Prescott did a lot of karting as well shifter karting but not as the same level as Christian you know he's not a he's not a super USA pro tour pro race winner which Christian is he's won a lot of races a lot of championships he's represented his country several times in Europe at the Rotax grand finals so Christian definitely got a chance to win a championship here for sure I think the Cameron Shields could win the title I don't think that he, I don't expect that he has the budget for the full season right now. If he can work with the guys from Legacy Autosport, if he can win a couple of races, if he can get some money behind him, Shields could win. But that's a program that if he has a big wreck, he could be sidelined. It just happened last year. I don't think he's set up right now with the budget to be able to run the season. Legacy Autosport, of course, wants to they want to show people what they're worth. They, you know, they they ran Alex Barron last year. We know what happened with that. He was upside down and sideways and going into turn one in an unbelievable piece of video. Cameron Cameron needs to get out of this race clean. And ideally, the way to do that is qualify on pole, jump out front, win the race. That's the best way to keep a clean race car coming out of St. Out of Petersburg. Cameron's going to have to get it to a great start, but he could win the championship, I think, for sure. Uh, I, I Here's a long shot for you. I think Reese Gold could be very impressive this year. It's it's weird because I think he he could come back again next year because he's so young, right? And he and he hasn't really had all the seat time. But Reese Gold with Cape, any of those Cape Motorsports guys can get into a groove and win a championship. I'm not saying that Michael D. Orlando couldn't win a title, right? Or Josh Green or or Kyle DuPel. It's it's one we know the Cape Cars always have the ability to win. Let's see which Cape driver settles in, which guy kind of steps to the forefront as the team leader. I think that'll be the guy that we'll obviously start to focus on early. That's just been the way of the past. Anytime they've run three or four cars, you've seen a driver step to the forefront and kind of start leading the team. And and that driver was the one that was able to kind of pull away. Happened last year with Braden Eves. You know, Darren Keene could have been that guy. Uh, He had an issue last year in qualifying with his transponder. He ends up qualifying at the tail of the field, fights his way back forward. Uh, leads the entire race and then has an issue and spins in the uh, the final corner in the last lap and Braden Eaves gets the race win. It kind of set Keane on his back foot and allowed Eaves to move forward and just kind of take control of the Cape crew and, and cruise. If Reese Gold can do that, I think that Reese Gold can win the championship as well. Those are essentially my, my guys, I think, have the, have the chance to fight for the championship. As I said, Prescott Campbell, Reese Gold, Christian Rasmussen. Uh, any of the Paps racing drivers, but I'd lean right now towards more towards Eduardo Barrichello, probably in that crew just to potentially win. But all three of those guys have a chance to do it. And of course, Christian Brooks as well, I think has a, a definite chance to win the title for exclusive autosport. All bets are off though, because it's we're going into a street circuit. Start of the season, USF 2000 is so tough to say who's going to do it. But again, that wraps things up there for the, uh, the look at USF 2000. So folks, there you have it. Uh, There's my Road to Indy Insider quick hotel update, my preview coming into the weekend. It's Wednesday right now, March the 11th. Uh, These drivers get on track tomorrow. So uh, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Hope you enjoy following all the live timing. One thing I do want to remind folks, we're doing some different stuff with Road to Indy TV this year. We're going to have some live, uh, three hours of live uh, broadcast, live uh, shows each day. So make sure you make sure if you haven't downloaded the road to Indy app yet, do it. If you haven't updated your app from last year, make sure you do that and keep following road to Indy TV on social, uh, because you'll know exactly the times so we're going to be live. I'm also going to be working. I'm going to actually want to fire up a road to Indy insider uh, Instagram feed this weekend. I don't have that. I've got it of course on Facebook and Twitter. I'm going to do an Instagram one as well. So I can tie everything together. And last but not least, Steve Wittick and I from Steve from TSO Ladder, uh, the and, and Trackside Online. Of course, we have him on a lot of our podcasts to talk about the ladder system. Not many people know more about the the uh, road dandy ladder than Steve Wittick Probably nobody, to be honest. Probably more he probably knows more than I do, in terms of some of the insider stuff. Uh, Steve and I are going to do some probably some, maybe some wrap-ups, some late-day wrap-ups. Uh, we're going to go f- back and forth on Facebook from the Road to Indy Insider Facebook page and do Facebook Live there. We'll also do some Facebook Live on the TSO Ladder page as well. That'll just be Steve and I just shooting the shit and just talking a little bit about what we saw throughout the day. Otherwise, folks, we're done. We got through this thing. Uh, man, a lot to talk about. Excited to see the fields that we have here in St. Petersburg. I hope everyone enjoys the opening round, of the 2020 Road to Indy presented by Cooper Tires. I know I am thrilled to get on the mic. I look forward to it. Make sure you follow us. Follow me on social as well, folks. I'm also at Rob Howden on Twitter, but of course, the Facebook, the Twitter, and the upcoming Instagram account for the Road to Indie Insider will all be available. Thanks for joining me here, folks, on what? The second podcast, the 2020 season. My name's Rob Howden. Bye for now.